What's up? Welcome into episode eight of the Sean Salisbury Show here on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He is Sean Salisbury. We're just talking a lot of topics to talk about. I got a few here that I want to hit on. Finished week one of the preseason. Just kind of give me your overall thoughts on, you know, we only got the three games now. It's not the four like it used to be. Kind of where team, where you think teams are or where they should be, where young quarterbacks should be, where young players should be as they get ready for games two and three of the preseason. Now, not a lot of starters are playing long, you know, like a lot of times we saw in game two, they'd play a half or close to a half and get a lot of those reps. Well, I just saw like my team, the Bears, their starters are only going to play maybe 10 plays because they're on a short week. So new head coach kind of doing things a little different. And we're kind of seeing that around the league. What are your thoughts on the preseason so far? Um, I think that, I'm seeing what I need to say. I prefer joint practices more than I do games. I really do. I'd like more joint practices. If I was a coach and you gave me the choice, I'd say more of my team, more joint practices I can control. For instance, think if the Jets had a joint practice that wasn't Zach Wilson when he got out of the pocket instead of taking a hit, I could have blown the whistle, gone full speed to that point, and gone. Now people are going to get hurt. People are going to get yeah. soft tissue injuries. I, I I get all that. It's not a matter of like protecting everything. It's just not. It's a if you put shorts and a t-shirt on, people are going to get hurt. Um, I I think Segs and looking around the league this week, what I did, I like I watched you know, Trey Lance and Kenny Pickett. One is fans got to guard against because coaches aren't sticking somebody in the Hall of Fame after a really good game, and then also burying somebody and saying well, the guy's not any good because well. He didn't play very well. They're still feeling themselves out, man. They're when I mean that is feeling out what we can do under certain situations. You can only dominate or play the way you play against that group, whether it's the third group, the second group. So the first preseason game for me is to get a little bit of tempo. Second preseason game, and I don't need to play them a lot, is the feel good. And then there's those bubble guys who may play for a half that you're trying to find out. Can I trust him during the regular season? In truth, Segs, even if a guy plays, you know, for instance, let's use Kenny Pickett as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Played really, really well, right? Yep. Really good football. Overreaction would say, oh, my gosh, we got to start him. Now, if he's playing like that every day in training camp and he's pushing the envelope, then then, then he's ahead of the good. You know, that's his home college stadium, home NFL comfort level for him, right? Practicing yeah. every single day there where he is. And so if that's the way it is every day in practice, then the coaches will take notice. There is no doubt. Well, one game like that just tells me, okay, now I can look to trust him. And it's not the stats, it's how he got to those stats. But we'll overreact. We always do. But with that, I, I get a chance to see. I am, I'm adamantly against nowadays of seeing too many starters that I know their job's secure. That why would I, why, why I don't want to put them in harm's way. I don't need to see 40 plays from them. If you're fifth round draft pick, you say, man, I'm not sure about him. You want to play him 40 plays, play him 40 plays. I get it. But you're looking for depth. You're looking for guys you can trust and a little bit of rhythm. And my, my point was, is just because Kenny Pickett had success in the first preseason game doesn't mean he's going to go dominate September. Right. <laughs> and if he was poor then, doesn't mean he's not going to go play well in September. So you see a lot of different coverages. For me, it's rhythm, health, getting in and out of the huddle just to get a feel. And I truthfully work on past the point of play him the most in the second preseason game. If Fields goes out there and plays two series and goes six out of eight, you feel good about him. I don't need to see any more of him, say, because I know he's who I'm running out during the regular yeah. season. Why risk it? So it already has set the Jets back. And, and, mm-hmm. and just even if it's two or four weeks, you now you 
you got to get him healthy and start over again with Zach Wilson, like a, a whole new camp when he's back. So I, I, I'm okay. I saw some really good and fun performances, and I see some guys that stick out. But I'm looking off the ball, things that don't happen that are obvious in stats. I'm looking for timing on, on everything, the, the timing, how they move, how they move without the ball. If you're a receiver, are you blocking? As a quarterback, did you make the right decision, not just the stats? So I thought it was a good start to the regular season. But you better – this is where you got to learn who your depth is because uh, people who you can count on like in third week of September if you're starting right guards down, i got to find out if that guy who's replacing him can play. And I think that would be my focus if I was coaching the rest of the preseason. Yeah, and that's – you know, I, I have always felt like the preseason is big for the for the big boys, for the defensive line in the office, just to be able to kind of hit each other because I know they do oh, yeah. practice, but it's very limited now. So just to be able to get that physicality flowing through your body and just Agreed. getting those hits. Now, yeah, like you said, it doesn't got to be three quarters or anything. But if you if you're, you know, say Penny Sewell with Detroit, one of the best young tackles in football, just getting out there for 15 plays and being able to hit another team's player. And it's not like, you know, they're giving you all these crazy looks in the preseason. It's just more about straightforward, hit the guy, block him, stay in front of him. It's more me than it is them, Sags. That's right. what it is. I'm not really worried. You know, in preseason, I get to, we don't study the other opponent in preseason. You, you really, we never, you don't watch tape of your opponent in a preseason game. You put in what you do and you just go play base, you play football and react to the coverages you're used to seeing in the NFL. It's, and then like on week two or three, you're already starting to look at your opening game in September, right. game planning against them and, you know, and advanced scouting and all that. So you don't game plan other teams you game plan for what you want to do well and what you want to see certain like you may maybe there's a player that you say is not a good receiver at least in practice he hasn't shown that he's really good when he in breaking routes where there's trouble right so let's go find out that's what the preseason let's go find let's call a dig route or a, a slant or a shallow crosser he's got to catch the ball between the numbers or the hash marks let's see how he operates in there or maybe there's a guy who doesn't operate or a quarterback who doesn't make consistent throws outside the numbers. Let's get him on the edge and let's throw some stuff that sees that we can see how he challenges the edge. And you're right. How, how a guy gets up on the second level with an offensive lineman, what that quick burst is, even if he didn't get any sacks, the edge rusher, I watched the uh, Aiden Hutchinson. He showed me some energy yeah, that I know that just quick yeah. off the ball and beating somebody across his face which tells me now I don't need a whole lot of him in the preseason. Right. I love his energy, but he's a difference maker on Sunday, and I'd rather have him make a difference in September than on August 18th. That's my approach to preseason. Yeah, it's it's definitely something to watch and see how, you know, these young coaches come in and kind of change things, and then the new rules right. change things, and just how, how everybody works differently throughout the season. One guy you mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, Zach Wilson of the Jets, got hurt. Um, so kind of my next point or next topic I wanted to hit on was the quarterbacks in New York. Just you got Daniel Jones, you got Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson goes down, tries to make a cut up the field, like you mentioned, in the preseason. Something that you really just got to tell your quarterback, I know you're trying to make a play and you don't want to take that out of them and all that all that lingo, but just go out of bounds, man. Like this this isn't you're yes. getting a first down. And like I don't even want him doing that in the first quarter of the 10th game of you know with four minutes into the game you're just trying to pick up a first down on second down like don't be doing that kind of stuff 
you're too important. The position is too important. So now he's out for weeks and we'll see when he gets back at varying reports. And then Daniel Jones just reportedly has just been terrible for the giants. And now there's talk that Brian Dable is going to give Tyrod Taylor some snaps with the first team this week. Uh, I mean, that's not what you want for your, you know, you're going into your biggest season as a pro trying to get that next contract and at least show other teams what you can do. Maybe it's not the giants, but show other teams. And if you're not on the field, it's going to go bad for Daniel Jones. So just what do you see him from those two guys? Did you see maybe Zach Wilson, maybe thinking he could take that next step or do you still worry about him? And then Daniel Jones just struggling. Yeah. Let me start with Jones first. Thanks. He, the, 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 here's the irony of him. He's shown times when he, like I'll watch him sometimes in a, in a regular season game. And I'm like, Damn, the guy's got some ability, right? Mm -hmm. Got great straight line speed, and he'll make some plays. And you say, "Why? What? What's the roadblock? Why isn't he better?" And then all of a sudden, you'll hit it, and you're like, "Dude, the inconsistency of the uh, of him." And I know his team's been bad. I get it, but we got to start to see more consistency, good or bad team or not, right? So we know what to build on. And maybe in true segs, there may get a time. And you think when you bring in a new coach like a Brian Dable. Mm -hmm that you'll have it with the change of that, that you'll get this feeling of, okay, I, I fit perfectly into this system and things are going to go well. this. This is who I am now. and I'm going to be better. Maybe. And I, and I'm listen They're Obviously they're going to keep him around to see what happens. But one thing I know about Tyrod Taylor, he's a pro. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what's wherever he's been. He he's invested in the team. He's a support. You can count on him in games. The question is, can he sustain it for a full season? whether it's injury or being replaced, he always seems to be replaced by the first round guy. Now, maybe he's a guy that's going to replace right. somebody else. Right. But the inconsistency of Daniel Jones, and I want to have compassion, but there comes a point in time segs when it's either you're not good enough here. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe like a Mitch Trubisky, you needed a different yeah. venue. And it may be the case for Daniel Jones. Cause I have seen where I'm like, damn, I don't want to quit on the guy, but we can't keep saying this. We can't keep doing this regardless of the team was that. So I, I you know, it may come time now. Maybe all of a sudden the light switch will go on between now and September, and he'll and he'll flash. But you leave your glove out on the mound enough times, somebody else will come get it and pick it up. And Tyrod Taylor is as good as any as his ba backup in this league and yep. start games with Zach Wilson. I think there's a lot of high end potential. I think he's extremely gifted. I do. I, I think that his problem is bad team last year. Try to do too much. And it looked like he was swimming in the mental part of trying to keep up, right? And that's normal. But I also saw some things he did against the Texas couple of you say, okay, right, another year with LaFleur and getting him some weapons, he's going to be good. And I think he is. I do because he's got a – he is different level skill set. For him is make me easy plays. He, I know he's going to make spectacular throws. And I say that a lot about young players. Can you make the, the play that everybody's supposed to make – Right. Daniel Jones hasn't been able to make the play everybody's right. supposed to make on a regular basis. So, Zach Wilson, but you hit the points, Segs, that Barry, you'll get some say, yeah, he's shown he's a tough guy in the preseason. I, I don't need to see it. No. Because you're no good to me now for the next two to four, maybe six weeks, depending. Standing on the sideline, and it slows his development process down. And it just leaves open more questions. When he made that cut inside, I would have told him pregame, dude, just get down. I don't need four yeah. extra yards in a preseason game. And you're trying to be a hero, like you said, in the first in game five, and it's first and ten, and you get six, 
and you have to run through two other dudes to get me four more and the score zero zero. Dude, we know you're t- get down. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll take now if it's third and nine with a minute to go in the game. Yes. You got to do what you got to do, dude. But exactly. not the preseason. And that's just called learning how to. We've seen quarterbacks like, dude, you don't need to prove to, hey, look how hard he's playing in the preseason. Those players know they see it every day on the practice field who you are. So it, it, it was it was an unnecessary. It, it was it was unnecessary and silly. Once again, back to the controlled part of joint practices where my whistle would have blown and he right. would have gone to the ground, right? But it would have been still physical up until that point. So I think Wilson will be a player, but it's just something. This He he needed the practice time. Screw the game time in preseason. He needs these extra couple works, weeks on a practice field to get ready for the regular season. So at some point in time, we got to say, stop, man. Don't be a hero in the preseason. Save your hero syndrome for when it's fourth and four, and I need you to dive for a first down at the first down marker in week 11, week 12. Not now. And it, it set him back. So, And, you know, another veteran there and Joe Flacco, who will play fine, yep. but you're extremely limited with Joe at this stage. And with LaFleur, I think that he could have taken another level. And I think he still will, Zach Wilson, but it's just another way of slowing the process down. Now he's going to get back, and we're going to be in September more than likely, and he's going to have to learn on the fly again while – his team's already played a game or two. Yeah. And year two is such an important <laughs> year oh, for not only just, you know, every player, but quarterbacks, quarterbacks, yes. you, you, the, the game starts to slow down a little bit, you know, from, from the speed of your rookie year, but one guy, I don't know how much you got to see of him, but he looked like the guy we all thought was Trevor Lawrence. It felt like every throw he was making had that zip you saw from, I I remember, I don't know if we were watching the game together or I texted you the first time he walked onto the field at Clemson and he threw a ball from the far hash to his left all the way to the sideline. I mean, on a line, like everybody on Twitter was just like, whoa. Yeah. And, and, and I remember texting you or we were together and just being like, yeah, you you see the hype. You see why the hype just from that one throw. He was making those throws in his in his first preseason game, and if he can build off that and the, and stay healthy and the weapons stay healthy, he he's got some good weapons now. Etn, the running back, I think will be huge for him out of the backfield. We saw those throws, and it, I expect him to be that guy to take that step, maybe right. the biggest step of all the year two guys. Oh, I think you're going to see quantum leaps, not only from the way he's coached, expanding what he does. And with the run game, it'll help expand an offense, right? The vertical and horizontal stuff that makes a defense game plan for full field. That's why when I listen to people, the way they talked about him at times last year, oh, bust and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the stuff we put on these young quarterbacks, it's tough enough being in the league eight years to sustain great success, but on a bad team, you're the first pick of the draft and everybody in the world thinks you need to dress in a phone booth and you're Trevor Lawrence and you're supposed to, you're not allowed to make a mistake, which is horseshit and wrong. Okay. The kid is going to be a great player. And if they'll build around him and stay healthy around him and he doesn't feel like he has to make every single play in the process, he'll make more plays than necessary, even when he doesn't think he has to. And you hit it. When we talk about at Clemson and the same thing at Jacksonville, I don't making certain throws, even if let's say the guy dropped it or he missed by a quarter of a foot, as long as two things for me, he's throwing it to the right guy. So he's making good, urgent, quick decisions. 
Now, on the simple ones, accuracy obviously matters. But on certain throws, you're talking about like, whoa, this is different. That he's making throws. You say, okay, now if I'm a defensive coach, I realize that 22-yard back to 20 comebacks, and he's on the left hash, and then the pros are closer together, obviously, that he can make that throw consistently. You're like, okay. So I when I see those, even if he's – you know, because if you look at numbers on certain guys, you say, well – I didn't like those stats. Yeah, you go back and watch the real the way what you're supposed to yes. be looking for at the quarterback. You got to see the forest through the trees. Like, come on, man, that's not normal the way he makes that throw, right? And I think he's got skills that aren't normal. And in true segs, you watch Clemson every week, damn near, and so did I. That their offense actually limited how good he is. They were mm-hmm. not expand. They they didn't do what Sarkeesian did with Mac Jones. They were a lot more limited on what they did for whatever reason. They just weren't. It's not like you went in there saying, man, this is confusing. To a de- they just, they were fortunate. Trevor Lawrence was that good in their yeah. personnel. Now get him in his place like Doug Peterson, who likes to do a few things. I think that you're right. I will not be shocked if Davis Mills and him are the ones who make the next quantum league, because I think Mills can throw it. And it's not because he's in Houston. All of them are. Uh, Zach Wilson was could have made a quantum leap because he had a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Fields has the team right now to allow right. him to, but you'll see flashes of brilliance. But I. There is no doubt in my mind. I have no not one question over from last year to this year if Trevor Lawrence is going to be a player. I actually think he's going to disrupt the division with a few wins in games they're not supposed to win, and he'll be the reason because he'll come out and throw for 420 in a game. You're like, oh, shit, okay. Now I get it now right. and get him some players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I saw enough, and the truth is, Sakes, please – don't milk this and don't wear him out in game two to the point where you think you got to see 25 yep. more throws. Give me a couple series where he feels good and get his ass out. Yep. And 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 in game three, Sigs, honestly, if you want to go in there and throw a couple screens and hand the ball off a few times just for rhythm, fine. But he, he ain't I ain't putting him in harm's way because imagine what happens to that franchise if all of a sudden that dude misses eight weeks. Well, it's a pre what the chance of getting her. Well, guess what? I'll take my chances in September yeah. as opposed to August because I don't learn crap in August. So I've seen enough of what I need to see from Trevor Lawrence to let me know that there's a new level coming about him and it'll happen sooner than later. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to watch all these young quarterbacks, you know, see if any of these rookie quarterbacks, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett can get on the field this year and make an impact for their teams. But switching over to college. We've we've been hitting it hard, and it's something that's not going away. It's the NIL. It's all this craziness of money going to players through endorsements and, and all this stuff. Well, we get our first story of something we've talked about on this podcast, that and that's going to happen. Seg, yep. we knew it was coming. We just didn't think it would be two weeks from now or from right. then. You know, this the season hasn't even started. So, quarterback at LSU, Miles Brennan, walks away from football. You know, he just says. He's, it sounds like Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy and he's not getting the starting job. And it, it's just been a rough go for him at LSU. And instead of transferring, he's just going to stay in school and, and finish his degree and good for him. That's fine. I don't have a problem with it at all. Right. Here's the thing though, before the season, he signed deals with Raising Cane's Smoothie King and a few other companies yeah, like in the seven area of there. Them, right? Yeah. And, and down by Baton Rouge and supposedly in all those deals, it doesn't matter if he walks away. He gets all the money. So this kid cashed in, and he's not going to play a second of football for LSU 
this year or in the future, and he still gets all his money. How the hell did these companies not write in these contracts if you walk away from the team before the season starts, at least not even like halfway through, just before the season, you don't get paid. Right. I, I, It's mind-blowing to me. I don't blame the kid because if you can do it, why not? Especially if his heart's not in football, that's how you get hurt. If you're just out there kind of half-assing it. So, I mean, good for Miles Brennan for getting the money and shame on these companies for allowing a kid to do this to them. Yeah, thanks. This, this, this story and many more are going to have so many layers to it. First off, and he was a highly recruited kid that they loved mm-hmm. at LSU. Remember, he the last time he played was 2020. He played three games in Baton Rouge. They were high. I said, okay, we can't wait till post-COVID get him out. Then he gets hurt, mm-hmm. like if fishing or at a fishing camp. Yeah. Can't play. So he doesn't play at all in 2021. And from what I've heard is that, like, the difference in, and this is not a knock, if – when I see this happen before guys just don't love football and they want to do something else. I think he's getting married. I think he's engaged or got a fiance or something. So that maybe he's got other interests. I don't think he comes from a family that from what I understand, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, that he doesn't have to earn the money to make sure that they live. Does that make sense for some who come from no money? Right. So I think he's okay, at least there. And, you know, some guys have priors. Like I've heard stories like when Joe Burrow was there and, you know, my affiliation with LSU. Yep is that he'd be there before coaches would be there studying, not because he wanted people to see him, because he loved football. And there's other quarterbacks, and maybe Brendan being one of those, that that wasn't his thing, right? That it was – so that, that other he and it's okay to have other interests, but you also – it can't be a hobby if you want to be great at it, right? You could survive it, be a guy. Yeah. And he just – it's hard when he, he, he decided not to play football. That I get. And so I, I've said the same thing about you, like – when are these companies going to protect themselves? Because if that's my money, I want to reap. Now, you can't write in incentives in it. It's against the NC2A rules or whatever they are. But I can. It would seem to me if I say, here's $2 million for three years. That if you serve six months of the contract, then I'll just prorate it like you do in any other job. Yeah, right? exactly. Or when you pay a bill and you move out, they say, we owe you 380 bucks, right? Same thing here. But here, and Chris Gordy, who works at the station, you know, obviously yeah. you know Gordy, big well, LSU guy, and he's a big, huge LSU and does that, you know, the the game, the 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 uh, SEC show, yeah. right? Football. He does an SEC show. So Gordy, I asked him, he came on my show today, the last segment. I was talking to him about it. And he said, "Well, Sean, here's the deal. Remember, it's it's the buyer beware. You you when you got Miles Brennan, it wasn't. And I say, and if if you're the business and you say, you can't just assume starting quarterback when you go get him, you're hoping a five star starts, right? Right. But if he happens to be a backup or gets hurt, dude, that's buyer beware. That's like life. You know, you're taking a shot that a two star or three star comes in and beats a guy out. Your five star sitting there and he's not playing. Do you feel like you well, giving him two million dollars? What am I doing? Right. That's something the business has to decide. But I also think and this goes on, Sakes, and you know this. I can't be paying, you know, not every most guys don't leave football. They transfer. They don't quit football, but some do. So the question is, did you get Miles Brennan, the football player? Or did you sign Miles Brennan, the the digital guy, the guy who right. on Twitter with twenty some thousand bucks, and still talk about the like the the place called Walk Ons, which is a big bar, a great bar yeah. in Baton Rouge, or and and all that. So were you really invested in Gordy? Said invested in the guy as opposed to just the quarterback. So that's something. And do you reap your benefit and your return? And like at Texas A and M, and they're doing all these things. You know, these schools now are doing it all where they what, what's the, not compartments, but there's on campus where 
the school has a, they, they have a specific group for name, image, mm-hmm. and likeness. Oh well, yeah, yeah. And some are paying it out like you would, like let's say, for instance, you're a billionaire and your kid, you got them on the trust fund. When you're 21, you get this amount. When you're 25, you get this amount, and more when you're yeah. 30. See now, spending it. And some are doing it. Here's this first 40 grand, signed a three million dollar deal. The second 40 grand comes in. So you start to see how that's cut up. And but you got to if you're a business, aren't you going to say, wait a minute now? I'm not going to keep paying or giving you guys money for name, image, and likeness if the guy's at least not on the team. Right. I didn't say starting, yeah. but on the team. So how much influence does he have on TikTok and all that to get people there? And maybe a ton of it, right? So that's the next question. But, yeah, if you think this is the last time, it's going to be the same with transfer sigs. At some point this year, a five-star at some position who's getting money is going to get beat out. Right. And so you as a business got to say, well, I buyer beware. I went with the coach. Then what happens is does that guy go to the this university and say, I thought this guy was a better player. You recruited him. I gave him two million bucks. Well, he got beat out. Sorry. He didn't say starter. It said, right. I'm endorsing your product. So uh, it's it's a it's if I'm the business owner, I would like to protect myself. Right. If I'm the player, I need to protect myself. That's why you got to guard against it getting litigious to where people are suing because they want their money, they want protection. And Miles gets to keep all of it. If the rule says keep it, keep it. Right, for sure. No problem. But they're also, I can't blame the company. At some point in time, companies come back saying, I got to prevent this kind of stuff from happening to save my my money as well. Right. And one thing people need to understand is the fact that, you know, I think everybody, I think a lot of people just assume, you know, say uh, Bryce Young in Alabama is getting McDonald's and pizza, all these big national brands. Well, no, a lot of the money's coming from local car dealerships, uh, local businesses. You mentioned a bar in LSU or in Baton Rouge. So there's a lot of local flair when it comes to these NIL deals, especially for the players that are more likely to transfer guys that aren't, you know, quite as big on the national level, but they're in town. They're well-known because they're part of LSU football or Alabama football or Michigan football. And so that's where it's hard because it's like, yeah, if you're, if you got McDonald's and you transfer from LSU to USC, McDonald's gonna be like, okay, that's fine. You're still on a national brand. We're a national brand that that's fine. But if you go from like LSU to middle Tennessee state or something, then we'll see what happens. But it's so many small local businesses to that university. There's no doubt. And depending on like SC, the size of the town, LA feels, even though you're local, feels national because of all the right. reach. You're yes. in Baton Rouge, you're New Orleans and Baton Rouge, and you leave there. So the question is, does your popularity still make the investment worth it? Because everybody there knows who Miles Brennan is. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Then if, if it's McDonald's, even though it's a national brand, if you're the person who bought that franchise in Baton Rouge, are you like, wait a minute, I own the Canes in Baton Rouge, but it's a franchise. But the Canes in, in Los Angeles doesn't want to pay him and share the fee that we're right. trying. You know what I mean? So it, that's what I'm saying. The layers are covering this. And says what they're doing also, some of these guys, I thought it was Caleb Williams. I'm pretty sure I'm the SC's quarterback mm-hmm. now. That I read an article about him that the depth of theirs, some of the name, image, like to see what they're doing, you know, a financial manager and business manager where like these brands that you see LeBron and Michael Jordan, these guys build for long. Now it's got to be awful big to build Tiger Woods brand. Yeah, yeah. But what they're doing, instead of the instant gratification of 
cash on hand. Here's $50,000 for your come and give four speeches at our company and the sales speeches, right? And, and or, or to make sure everybody's eating burgers the way you want to or a pizza place. That within that, maybe they get cash too, but people are starting to say, I want a long-term relationship. I don't want it to end in two years when I'm done, that I'm building it here. And when I end up going to the NFL for seven years or 10 years, I'd like the brand to carry out and we expand into the national brand and that I continue to do it. So there's some that are trying to enter into percentage of ownership, right? And why right. wouldn't you? What, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to build equity in a company Instead of like, if you can afford now, some need the who doesn't want the cash on hand, but why not? If you're if they're allowing it, build it into your own enterprise, build it into your own business where you got 15 endorsements. And there, instead of short term, two year, the next guy comes in. I want to build this out, not yeah. just build it in stuff you and, can and hopefully take to the NFL that's, if that's you're that exa- type and, of player. And now they stick you on and maybe you become a member of the board of advisors or they stick you on a board five years from now. And then that guy who owns this says, dude, let's go in and buy 18 other franchises. And before you know it, you were the endorser. Now you're a franchisee and you're also not only franchisee that you're now paying some kid in college that you trust. That's now there that you're endorsing them while you're making money because you're still part of the equity partnership. Dude. And if I was a big time star in one of those type of places, I would I would try to build it long term relationship as opposed to just the you know you're here for a year let's sign you for a year and see what happens I would do everything I could to try and build it big and see where we go from there if you can but it's a slippery slope sakes that there's going to have to be some changes or stuff like this will happen and I think didn't Quinn Ewers when he left Ohio State take a million plus with him yep. I mean all that money now he's a national name right but if you're the car dealership local there that gave it to him say it's yours. You're not reaping any benefit. Yeah, from you don't him. care he's what he's drive doing a down new in car in Austin. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so you, so you got to weigh it. It is a hey buyer beware. If you're going to invest some money, I would want to protect it. But then there are some that are just going to say it was worth it, and I'm going with it. And some are going to do it. Miles Brennan count on him. Miles Brennan the person, not Miles Brennan the quarterback. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely interesting. It's another layer that we've talked about, and I'm sure we're going to see something in the next month or two or in the next year that we weren't even talking about when it comes to name image and likeness and, and what a player does and how he does it. And, you know, like we've always said, everybody's still learning from this, the coaches, the universities, the players, the, the advisors, <laughs> you know, everybody's right. learning from this. Uh, speaking of college quarterbacks, I talked about, let's talk about some guys that we're excited to see that maybe a lot of people don't know. Everybody knows Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, the big names in college football, but maybe some up and coming names that you just mentioned. Quinn Ewers is one of the guys I have down kind of give me what you think of him. And you, you know, he's been down there in Texas. Now he's back in Texas after going to Ohio state for the year. Like we said, you know, big kid, strong arm. What do you think he can do for the Longhorns this coming season? Well, Segs, I know this, um, and there's pressure on him too. Why? Uh, because there's a guy named Arch Manning who's committed too, right? He's on his way. So, so, so th- there is, uh, there's that. Um, with Quinn Ewers, I worked with him when he was going into the ninth grade at a camp for two days. And they brought him up to the older guys. He was just kind of back there, taller, right? Kind of nonchalant, was in with the older guys, had his hands in his shorts, just a great kid. I spent time talking, and I've stayed in touch with them over the years since he left. But 
And then he comes up and worst I say, well, let's run this deep comeback on the outside. And he's the ball sound. It whistled different when it came off his yeah. hand. And it was just, it's a quick flick and sling, right? Talk about gunslinger. I'm like, I told the, the, the guy at the camp after, I said, this, they, they said There's, this is different. This kid's different. And, well, little do you know, he goes to South Lake here. He's well coached by Todd Dodge's son, Riley mm-hmm. Dodge. And next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire, and he's the top guy in the country at his position before he transfers. And C.J. Stroud, tribute to him, fought him off, man. Played his ass off, and now he's the top guy, and, and Quinn has a chance to do it now. Sark, this what it does for Texas is at least going in. We'll see how he plays. Yeah, yeah. But he's a big, strong, he can rip it athletic sigs. He's one of those guys that like throw it 80 yards, not as a freshman, sophomore, flat foot dunking, you know, that kind of guy. Yep. But the ball jumps out of his hand. So what it gives Sark at least going in is the ability. Now they got to get some stops defensively, but to spread the field, unlike he's had, even with Mac Jones, Mac can't throw like him. Now Mac right. may be accurate and process information faster. But the ball's just different coming out of his hand. So I, I Segs, if he's right and what I what I know about him, then Sark's gonna have himself one hell of a fun time ripping it. But we'll see how he handles big game situation, all the pressure that goes with playing quarterback there. But he's got everything you want from a guy who put it you're lining up with a guy, he is that guy. Now does that guy parlay and hit and is accurate, does that guy parlay into at the end of the year, it's like, well, Arch Manning's going to have to wait and sit when yeah. he's a freshman, right? So we're going to see, but he can say, he the, 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 you know, you trust when I see a guy different on throwing it. Now, where it ends up, he can throw it through a car wash, and he can throw it over the car wash. The question is, can he hit the car wash? Now, he did mm-hmm. college in high school, and he was, he was extremely good throwing it all over. College is different. We'll yep. see, but he's got as good a play caller in the country as there is calling plays for him. So Jeff Levy at Oklahoma, who was at Ole Miss, and this guy and Lane Kiffin, I mean, Mike Leach, he's got it. So he's got all the every single thing you want. Now we're going to find out if he's got cut your heart out, that you know that guy who will cut right. your heart out and feed it to you. I think he does, but we'll see, and I'm anxious to see. Another guy that I, I'm fascinated, I remember watching a game of his late last year. I don't know who he was playing or if it was in the playoffs or what it was, but uh, Cam Ward, who's now at Washington State from Incarnate Word, transferred out there to to Wazoo. You know, some people have this kid as a first round quarterback next year. That's the type of talent he has. He's he can throw it, he can run, he can do a little bit of everything. And he you threw know, forty seven touchdowns and ten picks yeah. last year. I mean, forty seven and ten. So it, it's. Pretty good. He and he's got the feet. I've seen people talk Lamar Jackson when it comes to just arm strength, his ability to move. Maybe not quite the athlete Lamar Jackson is because Lamar can do stuff that maybe we've only seen Mike Vick do with his feet out of the quarterback position. But Cam Ward, what are your thoughts on him heading into the season? I don't know how good Wazoo's going to be, but he he's there. Yeah, and he's got a new coach, you know, because mm-hmm. Rolovich is gone, obviously. Yep. And I think, well, who is it? It's Jake. Uh, is it Dickert? Jake Dickert's the head coach there. Yeah, um, I believe now. So it's perfect offense for him. Um, he's about Sags think six two ish, two twenty five. So re- really prototypical when it comes to the. He's not six five, but I look at that guy six three or something and move and physical. Yeah. I think there's only one guy who threw who had more yards than him last year, and that was Bryce Young. So. 
And I, people don't, when they say incarnate word, what kind of, I'm telling you, he was very, he was well coached. That school, Segs, because I hear a lot of it here, right? He can play. Right. Now he's going to an open offense. It's a tougher conference, but everything and coming out of spring from the, from all the indications were that he was off the charts. So I think we're looking at a guy who's got a chance and he's going to be, you're not going to hear about him much going in. You watch, you watch, but he's that guy that all of a sudden halfway through the season, you're like, if it all works out the way he is, but it's a good, he is the, he's got everything necessary feet and arm and up there in the driving wind and rain to compete and make an impact as a transfer. I like, I like his style. Yeah. Do, do you have any guys that you're excited to see that maybe people aren't talking about or, or well, guys that you're surprised that maybe you're looking at a mock draft or a quarterback rankings and you're like, Whoa, this guy's up there. Let's see how he plays this year. Yeah. I, I wrote some names down. I did it a couple months ago and I rewent over, I mean, at the beginning of the summer mm-hmm. and I rewrote some names too, that come to mind as, as guys that, to keep an eye on. We mentioned yours, the, the kid at Purdue, Aiden O'Connell yep. moves it around a little bit. Plus, you know, with Brom, he's going to throw it right. Yep. And be well taught. I'm intrigued, hugely intrigued because of his ability with Will Levis at Kentucky. I am. He's, he, he is a, um, a body who can, I mean, do, he can go ahead. Do you think NFL teams want to see him throw the ball a little bit more, maybe a little oh, more there's, there, there's different no in terms of how he's throwing it, where he's there's throwing no, it, the routes, the concepts and all that? No. Well, you have to. Right. They're, they're, they're going to want to see it going in. But I've seen and, and talked to a couple people, but I've also seen some people that have watched him that think there's another level to his game. Yet when you just look at raw ability, he can throw it. The question is how much will they do it? Right. Because there's no question about it. A um, couple other names, but you know who's accurate, who may not get a look, but you'll put up huge numbers. Is Leach's Will Rogers at, at, mm-hmm. at Mississippi State's going to put up numbers? Uh, obviously, Jackson's Dart, but Dart's still in a battle for winning yeah. a job, and he is he comes highly regarded. Um, there was, I'll, I'll tell you what, as a pro guy, now he makes all the throws, and getting getting his new coach, um, Billy Napier from, from the red, from the raging cages, this Anthony Richardson kids, mm-hmm. a player. Now we haven't had, we got three guys at, at Florida, at Miami, especially the kid from Miami, which I'll get to. I wrote his name down in a second, but Anthony Richardson at Florida. And I also watched and listened to what our guy, Greg Cosell said at watching some tape about him. And it matched up to what I saw. Anthony Richardson's got, pro ability with some dynamic skills. Does that make sense? Right. And he's a really good, uh, good player. And another one, um, then there's the Brennan Armstrong kid at, at, at Virginia. I think it's in West Virginia, yeah, Virginia, the lefty, you know, you've seen him. I don't know if you've seen enough of him. I saw him about three times last year. All right. Segs, you talk cam rising. You and I both talked to him about him a week or two ago about, or to a show or two ago about Utah's got a guy that, they finally got an explosive guy who's who's got national championship ability on a team that's got national championship hopes be well coached. So explosive. And I'll give you a couple more names that stick out. Keep an eye because they play fast, even though that you know, on Hendon Hooker, the quarterback at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Hypo, they're going to run 90 plays a game. I would also keep an eye on the other kid that I've talked to you about in Miami is Tyler Van Dyke, yep. the Miami quarterback. He is a really, really explosive football player and 
has a chance. And if you remember when he took over for De'Eric King, things started to get better at Miami. So Miami and Florida got quarterbacks we haven't seen in a while where we look like at least head into a season, they got something to work with. And then finally, aside from the names that are obvious, meaning, you know, Caleb Williams and that group, is that I'm curious, and I don't know how he's going to be, Sigs, is uh, Dylan Gabriel, the transfer to Oklahoma, who took over when Caleb Williams, because his offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, has been a guy, you know, a lot of RPO and and is now with Brent Venables at at, at oh, Oklahoma yeah. when he's been at Ole Miss and been around – around uh and he coaches it he's a hell of an offensive coordinator so i'm anxious to see how gabriel works but there are some names and i think the devin leary kid at north carolina state i believe that's where he is is a good player so we got we got a litany of players and some that people haven't heard of and some that are real intriguing and some that are obvious yeah the some other names that you know i've been thinking sam hartman at Wake Forest, he's another guy that's been talking Depending about on his health, for, right? Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's all about health. Remember with him, his health he, with the right. I remember after the draft, I went through and I was just looking at a lot of the mock drafts just to see. I, I like to look at them and see who people think are going to be first round talents this upcoming season, right? There was, I, I went through maybe the top, at least my top six or seven NFL mock drafts, and there was, I think, eight or nine different quarterbacks. That were all take, you know, it had Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud at the top of pretty much everyone. Will Levis was in there. A lot of the guys we've just talked about are in there. So, um, and Sam Hartman was one of them. Uh, I, I think that there's just a lot of good quarterbacks around the country when when you talk. Oh my in, gosh, in, and a lot of great young ones too. Say right, too. Yes, uh, the one one guy that really intrigues me because where he transferred to is Bo Nix. We, he was not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be at Auburn. Struggled at times, had some really good games, but he was not the guy everybody thought. I'm interested to see what he does out there at Oregon in that offense. So and he's tough. I, as, he's he and he'll he'll yes. come challenge you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of guys there. You know, you look at the Big Ten, Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. He's a guy that maybe is more of a runner, but we'll see if they can develop him into more of a passer. This year, you got the, the Grayson McCall kid at Coastal Carol. He's Grayson another McCall one that at, is at, talked Coastal about as a Carolina. possible first round pick. Right. So there's a lot right. of guys, the duo at Michigan. I saw someone today say that um, he didn't have Michigan ranked in his top 25 because of they have a dual quarterback system. Like, didn't they just go to the college ball playoff with the same dual quarterback system? Right. Um, so I, yeah, they're going to be better than the 20. 20- than the top 25 yeah yeah so i mean it, i think the point we've made right over these last few minutes is there's a lot of quarterback talent and we've probably missed guys that we've forgotten about i and, could tell you a couple we have missed i could tell you a couple that? we have missed it and i think a couple of them have the well we mentioned yours who i think has a lot to prove because the transfer in mm-hmm. the and the p in the pub a uh, caleb williams is going to be fine yeah but a couple that stick out is keaton slovis at pitt oh yeah Keaton Slovis, who transferred to Pitt, we'll see. You think about it, JT Daniels now at West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's at West Virginia, so he, he he wants to have a big year because he was so highly pubbed. Uh, Keaton Slovis, another SC guy, even though now JT Daniels from Georgia, mm-hmm. and then Slovis at Pitt. Well, then you also got Jackson Dart, as I mentioned earlier. Yep. All three have moved, and they're held like, whoa, what, what are we going to get from him? 
The guy we're not talking about was the first pick of the draft going into last year, and that's Spencer Rattler. Yep, that I was just going to say his name. He carries around probably the biggest question mark, but oh my gosh, he can be back into the first round. He's out there with with uh, with uh, Frank Beamer's son, Shane Beamer, at, at South Carolina, and he's got a whole new career to kick off, new life at South Carolina. But nobody even thought he was going to head out that way. They thought right. he was going to be headed. You know, to, towards Arizona State is a lot of people what they thought out towards where he's from. Well, got a chance to revitalize his leadership, how people trust in him. Um, and he he's going to be under as much scrutiny as anybody, even though it's South Carolina. Because remember, going in, he and Sam Howell were supposed to be top five picks. Well, Howell's in the league now, but obviously as a backup trying to make a team. And then you got Rattler, who was supposed to be the consensus number one quarterback, let alone number one pick of the draft. And here he is battling for his football career coming back after after losing his job to Caleb Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to the pressure and the opportunity and what they're going to do with that offense. It's amazing when you think about it. You just mentioned how USC has Dart and Slovis and and um, forgetting the other guys that are out there. That Slovis left. JT Daniels. JT right. Daniels. Right. And they've left and become, at least they're vying for starting jobs at the school they're at now. You look at Oklahoma, they had Spencer Rattler, who you said was supposed to be the number one pick going into last year and then kind of fell apart. And the freshman came in and Caleb Williams took over and people were talking about him being the best quarterback in the country. Hands down. If you've, you've said it, if he was in the draft, he would have been the number one pick. Well, he's gone. You're Oklahoma. You've lost what should have been two number one picks in a lot of people's eyes. One struggled. One just left because the quarterback or because the coach left. Now you're sitting here. Yeah, you've got a good quarterback in Caleb Daniels, and you've got good coaches, Brett Venables, and and everybody that's there. But man, you've lost a lot, and you're still a top ten team. Some have top five going into the season with with, with a transfer now. And then you think about where Oklahoma's been with Mayfield, mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts, with Kyler Murray, with I mean. Every time you turn around, somebody's either winning a Heisman Trophy or the first pick of the draft. So life has been good in Oklahoma. And the fact that you can lose Caleb Williams and still and get, you know, get the transfer mm-hmm. and see how that works. But, you know, it is the transfer, it's the transfer portal. Put it this way. There's a lot of guys who got a chance to be special at places they didn't start their college careers. Right. I mean, there's maybe just as many. I mean, you start to think of the numbers like, and look at, hey, we mentioned Jaden Daniels, Arizona State. <laughs> That's leads, another, yeah. And he goes in and wows him. He grabbed Brian Kelly, the job around the throat. Miles Brennan's no longer playing. And he's the guy. And he beat in Nussmeyer's son, Doug Nussmeyer, the coach. His son's there. And now this transfer is now is going to be going from the Pac 12 to the SEC. And Brian Kelly's got himself a player. Who knows? Because you remember when he was a freshman. He was like the freshman of the year at Arizona yeah. State, and people were raving about him. So we'll see how that goes. But there's a lot of guys that are trying to revitalize their careers elsewhere that didn't start, that still have a chance to be. You know, if Rattler has a great season, somebody will take him in the first round. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, sure so. of it. But we got a lot of guys that we could be heavy dominated first round quarterbacks next year. So yeah, sure it, it, it's a big class. Uh, we have, no haven't doubt. seen a lot of big classes, but this is a big class coming in that I think have first, second round talent when it comes to the NFL Great. draft. All right, we're going to end this one, but we're going to start breaking it. You know, we got big football games to start the college football year, so we'll get into those. We'll start breaking those games down and what it means 
you know, when you got these big games and if you lose, how can you get back? And, and we'll look at schedules and we'll start getting into all the, the meat of college football as we get close. Can't wait. Uh, so great show, son. It was awesome. You too, brother. It's awesome. I cannot wait. And uh, we're one step closer to talking about X's and O's on a regular weekly Finally. basis all the way through February. I'm with no you, more, no more preseason talk. Nah, please. I'm done with it. Yeah, we'll finish it up next week before we get into the good stuff. Yeah. Yes. That's all right. right. Again, you can follow us. I appreciate, uh, I'll on see you Twitter. on Thursday, man. Yep. Sounds good. At Sean unfiltered at Adam G Sager and go on the believe.com and find the Sean Salisbury show. You get all our episodes there. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.